Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I chat with Patty Dominguez. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. Patty is someone that Tara Romano introduced me to, um, and wow, like I loved our conversation. So this is a perfect conversation. It's a little bit different than some of our um, health and fitness discussions because she is a business coach and we talk business. So I know I do have um, a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show and this is a great um, episode to tune into to kind of get you uh, revving and get you thinking about your business and knowing which direction to go. This is also a good interview to listen to if you are in the corporate world and you're thinking, hmm, Maybe I want to do start my own little side business or even jump into a full-time business. Um, Patty, she is, her little bio, I do want to read to you this because I think it's kind of cute. She is a recovering corporate executive with a long tenure working with Fortune 50 global brands in strategic marketing relations. So we talked a lot about marketing and how to position yourself and how you can differentiate yourself in the busy online space. Um, we talk about mindset shifts that we as uh, women sometimes need to make in the business world and um, anything that you're kind of struggling with, with how to brand yourself. Uh, we also talk about that and um, you know how you can find your ideal customer. So it's a great interview to tune into. I learned so much. I cannot wait to go back and listen to this interview because um, I did not get to take enough notes on everything that she was saying. So uh, without further ado, here is today's episode with Patty Dominguez. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. Today I am joined by Patty Dominguez and I am super excited because we are chatting business and I have not chatted business on the podcast in a while. So um, Patty, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, so I'm super excited to be on the podcast. I love podcasting. Um, and so it's really great. You know, when I heard what it is that you're doing, I think it's so important. So, you know, I just want to acknowledge the fact that I'm so happy to be here and it's an honor. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. So, um, me, you know, in a nutshell, I've been self-employed since 2012, basically. Um, and for me, my entire career was in corporate. And it was all about, for me, you know, having been the first one to go to college in my family, you know, my parents' biggest hope was for me to get a job, uh, for me to have an office and a nice car. <laughs> you know, it was pretty simple back in the day because my parents are blue collar workers. And so it happened. But in that process, I learned a lot. Um, but at the same time, I got burned out tremendously because I, I found that the higher up the ladder I went, the more responsibility, the more stress. And it just got to a point like, I think it was like 2009, I was unemployed. I'd, I'd gotten laid off. And there was something really significant about the moment that I got laid off. And I was like walking out with my cardboard box of tchotchkes and belongings. And I just felt so pathetic. And I realized in that moment, I'm like, oh my God, everything that I work for is gone. Mm -hmm. And so it was a feeling to me that was really pivotal because in my head, I said, I'm never going to let this happen to me again. However, I didn't have like kind of the realization in terms of the mindset and the toolbox, if you will, of what I needed to do in order to go out on my own. So pretty much from 2009 until I, you know, gave my notice in 2012, I was just figuring it out. Like, okay, what do I do? Like, how do I do this entrepreneur thing? It's so different. And, and I'm telling you what, while I thought that there were skills that are translatable and they are, the majority of the stuff really happens around your mindset around, can I do this? Right. What am I going to do? How is this going to work? 
And so it's just been this, what I call like the roller coaster ride of my life. It's just been so much fun, but it comes with definitely, you know, ups and downs, peaks and valleys, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm. Yes, I can totally agree. I've had my own business for the last five years myself, and there are definitely ups and downs. And like some days I'm like, I'm done. And then the next day I'm like, best day ever. <laughs> just like roller coaster of emotions. And my husband's yeah. just kind of like, all right, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And I'm sure it will be something different. And typically it is. So I never get too down in the downs or never too high in the highs. Exactly. Like ride the middle. <laughs> exactly. It's about controlling that, that, of course. And then the other thing is, I don't care how down the downs are. Like I cannot imagine ever going back to a corporate job. So, I mean, I know this is going to be, you know, uh, this podcast is going out to the millions and millions of people. And I think that I'm pretty much saying like corporate, I just can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I've kind of nailed that five and shut forever. (laughs) Oh, I know. That's where I never worked in corporate, but I worked in like corporate gym settings, I guess. Uh Um, And then I worked as a teacher. And so that's where, and I love doing, I loved being a teacher, but it's not like my passion is fitness and health and wellness. And, you know, even the kids knew that. And so it's kind of fun just to kind of, you know, and I said, I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to go into a gym. I'm going to start my own business. And that's kind of how I propelled out of getting, well, pretty much getting out of teaching is, you know what, I'm just doing it and we'll sink or swim. We'll see what goes. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, So can we talk about burnout, um, both maybe in the corporate environment, in case anyone who's in corporate right now might be feeling that, how you can get through that, as well as now being an entrepreneur. Um, how do you kind of work through the burnout that you might feel? That's a really good question. Well, so just different techniques. I mean, I believe in the power of habit. So just having habits that I've incorporated in my day where, you know, before I would kind of toy with them and be like, yeah, I'll kind of do that. You know, I'll meditate here and there. I'll go for, or, you know, I'll go for my workout in the morning. And sometimes it would be in the morning or at night and this and that. And the fact of the matter is you have to be completely cohesive and coherent, right? And what it is that you're doing. So it's not just about the work. It's about treating and really focusing on self-care. So treat yourself. I mean, I have clients that they're like, I go to the spa every week, right? I go to, I get a massage every week. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's goals. But at a minimum, like for me, you know, even though I may go to a spin class in the day, still in the morning, I wake up really early. I drink a big glass of water. I go outside and I'm just walking, right? And I have my podcasts on. I'm just like, I'm just being present, being in gratitude. So how do I deal with overwhelm and burnout? It's just, I I go back to that. It's just focusing on Mm self-care. And if I burn out, it's because I haven't been really paying attention to taking time out to be present. Um, I haven't been eating as great as I could. And so I've just noticed that when I'm cohesive or coherent and, and kind of like, you know, health, mind, body spirit type of thing. If that's all in alignment, it's amazing because then I produce more in my work, you know, I'm sure Mm -hmm. in a higher space. Yeah. And I think that goes for whether you're in corporate or an entrepreneur, just taking care of you. Cause I think sometimes that's, that's the first thing that usually gets crossed off our list is, Oh, well, I can just do that tomorrow. And then sometimes it never happens. Exactly. Oh, so another thing that um, I really liked on your website when I was reading about it, you had said that you help clients zag when ev- other people are zigging. So <laughs> yeah. I love that saying, and I want you to kind of break <laughs> it down for us. And, like, tell us exactly what that means. Yeah. So I, um, 
It's funny because when I went out on my own and I started doing the coaching, the consulting that I'm doing, <laughs> so I go to a lot of events. I go to networking events and conferences. I believe in the power of event. So even though, I, you know, people say, oh, you're the queen of automation, it's not just about the automation. I think the interaction is just as, mm. as important. So um, the reason is because in the conversations that I have with people, I'm like, okay, tell me what you do, right? Like, what is it that you're passionate about? And they're like, oh yeah, like I'm a life coach or I'm a yoga teacher or I'm a chiropractor and this and that. And so they commoditize it in a way that I'm like, no, there's more, there's more than what, there's more than that, right? There's mm -hmm. <clears throat> zagging is important because it's what allows you to stand out. So mm -hmm. even if you're just, and I say this just not in a demeaning way, but I mean it because we we demean what it is that we do and what we do is so special, right? So I'm just like, no, you're not just a life coach. It's way more special than that. Like, tell me about it. Tell me about your process. Tell me about the clients you serve. How do you serve them? Right. And so that's where I think is really important is that most people that I meet are really awesome at what they do, but the marketing of it is where they fall short, right? Because they're not really highlighting what it is that makes them so special. They're not zagging. So they're just zigging. And in the, in the absence of the zag, people are just people who are listening to your pitch are just going to be like, okay, cool. She's a yoga teacher. Right. And that's just mm. so commoditized. And mm. so what I'm like, my mission is about, no, let's highlight what it is that makes you so special. Because when you highlight that special, you stand out. And more importantly, you're capturing mind share, right? So the prospect, the people that are in front of you who are hearing what it is that you do, when you zag, when you stand out, it's going to set up in their brain like, oh, wow, that's so interesting, right? So let me kind of store that away in my brain bag because you just stood out. Instead of just saying, I'm a realtor, I'm a mortgage broker. No, there's a zag to everything. And so what I'm um, really passionate about is teaching and highlighting and really bringing out that zag in everybody. Yes. I have to work on this myself. I will be honest <laughs> on that one. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I totally do that. If people ask, you know, what it is you do. And I'm like, Oh, I'm a personal trainer and yoga teacher, both online and in home. That's mm -hmm. usually what I say because I'm like, okay, people understand that. Um, rather than giving them like, so on my website, I call myself like the Ayurvedic personal trainer. Mm -hmm. And then I have to explain more what Ayurveda is and I'd, sometimes I don't want to do that. And so that's why I give that short answer. Cause I'm like, Oh, depending on where I'm at and how much time I have. So I'm like, some of it is, you know, on us as entrepreneurs to put it out there and get more comfortable with probably talking about ourselves and not just giving us like the, Oh, I'm just a personal trainer label. Exactly. And truly it's more than that. So let me give you an example. So yeah. I have a, I have a group you know, I'm the, the moderator in that group. And so I was saying, I'm like, hey, what is it you guys do? And this woman um, chimed in and she's like, yeah, I am a VA, right? I'm a virtual assistant. I organize people's lives. So then I said to her, I'm like, okay, but you're not just a VA. What you give entrepreneurs is freedom, freedom to focus. And she's like, oh my God, that's good. <laughs> I go, that's what you should focus on. And just when you're talking to people and you're meeting them, you say, you know what? I give mm -hmm. my clients the freedom to focus. And that's like, oh, really? How? How do you do that? Right? It's just way more compelling. And it also starts the conversation. Oh, my gosh. I love that. And I love that example. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, I already know what I can kind of switch that around. And, yeah. you know, talking about giving people health. And yes, oh, my gosh, I love it. Like, I'm already getting brainstorms from just that 
thing. So I'm fleshing out that idea in my head. Perfect. Um, but I better keep asking you questions. Otherwise, I'm going to be like, <laughs> all right, stuck on this. <laughs> so, um, you know, kind of on that mindset thing, because I know sometimes that we, as especially women entrepreneurs, we sometimes have a tough time asking for help or, you know, hiring maybe our first assistant, because uh, we think we should do it all. And, you know, how do you kind of get people over that hump of it's okay to ask for help? So, oh my God, this one is a really hard one for me because um, I don't know if it's control issues because, you know, we all go through the thought process like, well, they're not just going to do it the same way I would. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so it's a couple of things. And um, I think this goes back to the book. Oh my gosh. What is it called? Um, Oh, it's, it's totally escaping my mind, but here's the premise of it. The premise of it is your business can't grow if you don't have the right type of people in the areas in which you don't thrive, right? So if my sweet spot is, you know, getting on Zoom calls with my clients and helping them strategically, if I'm sitting there focused on, oh my gosh, I haven't posted on my page, right? I haven't done any of that. That's not a thing that I absolutely love. So what I found was really focusing on the things that I love, the things that make me feel great, the things at which I'm in my highest power, so to speak, and then everything else that, of course, is important, right? Then I'm, fine. I'm, I'm in the process of looking for the right type of people who can handle that. And what I mean by right people is I want somebody who is a social media manager, somebody that is a community manager. And I've been in the process of interviewing people. And I just want to have someone who's really passionate about it. So just like going online and, and commenting on posts and being there. And so it's like tapping into the resources that you can and focusing most importantly on you doing what you love to do. And then everything else just has to be, just find those people that love that. Mm. And here, here's the thing, you don't have to hire a brigade of people for a gajillion dollars. It could be as simple as having a VA or a social media manager for, for four hours a week, right? Mm. There's so many resources out there that you can start small and just move up. But the point is, is really just focusing on what you love to do first. Mm, that's really good. That's, I have hired um, a couple different assistants throughout my well, past five years. And um, the one I have right now is amazing. And she just does a few hours a week here and there of just random stuff that I'll give her. And she's a college student, you know? And so I think sometimes it's even as easy as that is, and I had connections to this college because I used to coach tennis over there. And so that's how I met her. And so, uh, you know, and she also was our nanny for a little bit too. She was kind of my, I, she can do anything girl. <laughs> and she records videos of me. I mean, she's amazing. Oh, and so, wow. you know, she, I just stumbled upon her. I mean, after I've been through quite a few different ones before that. And so I'm like, wow, she really is an amazing fit. And yeah. so, you know, it does take some time though. So if you do hire someone and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Might not be the right fit. Cause I've been there and done that. And it takes a little bit. And then eventually you'll find that person where you're like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. Yeah. Agreed. And and if you're lucky enough to find that person who is a just keep them forever yes. or try to keep them forever and truly have that conversation with them to say, okay, what do you love to do? Right. Mm -hmm. And everything that I'm asking for you, what, where are you playing in your highest power? And that also helps too, to keep them. Mm, yes. So what about some other mindset, maybe shifts that we need to make as women in the entrepreneurial business world? Yeah, for me, what I see that's almost chronic, and I used to suffer from this also, is just not valuing how much it is that we know and what we do, 
right? And so people are just so focused on, well, you know, that's too expensive, or if I charge this way, I'm going to scare away people. And it's not about charging the most, right? But it's Mm -hmm. about removing our perspective and making the decision on what we think the market will bear. And so when you do that, right, you're really playing into that price war thing. Mm -hmm. And for me, and I've seen it time and time again, it's like, there's literally no competitive advantage when you're just focusing on price. I mean, there really isn't, right? If you're the cheapest, maybe that's a competitive advantage. But if you're the second cheapest, there's no (laughs) competitive advantage. And so what happens is that we as service providers, as women business owners, when you play the price war game, you're really commoditizing what you do. And so even though some people may have great branding, and I don't mean the logo and that kind of thing, I just mean the message, right? What it is that you do. Because you're so focused on price war game, you really commoditize that worth. And now that special thing, that zag is totally gone because you've kind of overcast this thing about price. Mm -hmm. So that's where I see a lot of people just kind of miss the boat. Um, So even where, you know, just recently I was at a networking event and one of the business coaches that I had a conversation with had a great pedigree. I mean, she had great experience, great knowledge. And then as we're going around the table, she was like, yeah, I'm offering um, half an hour coaching call for like $10 or something. I'm like, oh my God, what? Mm. And so all you're going to get is the wrong type of person because you're attracting the free line seekers or, or tire kickers as I call them, right? And so I think the first step in that is really having such a clear and like crystal clear vision of who it is you want to attract because I'm segueing a little bit with this, but I can always tell when people fall short in their marketing, when I'm like, oh, who's your product for? And they tell me like, oh, everybody. No, it's not. Because if you're marketing to everybody, you're marketing to no one. Mm -hmm. And so with any client engagement I have, and actually I have a freebie on that too, is like, I would start like, this is the most important step is really having an intimate understanding of who your ideal customer is. So when you have just like a crystal clear vision, not only are you going to start attracting those people, right? That perfect customer, but it also is going to shift your mind and take that pricing thing, like totally, it's not even going to be a consideration. Mm. So I think that's a huge opportunity that I see over and over and over again. Women um, are just pricing themselves too low. They're commoditizing what it is that they do, and they don't have a really intimate understanding of their ideal customer. Mm. So I have a question about that too with the pricing. So if you feel or you see most of the market is, um, let's just say fitness, you know, a PDF download um, of a workout or eight weeks or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's $27 across the market. Would you say, okay, stay on trend with that? Or would you say, hey, let's go above that or let's create a completely different program? Like what would be kind of your, because I know I have a lot of fitness people that listen and that is something that has came up a bit um, through different groups that I've been in is, do I stick to that model? But then in the end, $27, and if you don't have a huge audience, that's really not going to make you a ton of money. So there's always that too, like, okay, well, is it reality? Can I quit my job if I make $100 off this? No, (laughs) right. you know? And so how do you kind of measure and like manage all of that? Right. And so, uh, so the way that, that you started that was, is this a product? It can be like just a downloadable PDF workout because okay. that's quite common in the fitness industry. Okay. So, so this is a perfect example. And this literally can apply to, because I have a client right now, really prominent in her space. 
she totally has a zag. And so this conversation just happened. So I'll relay it because this is literally for all of you guys, anybody who is listening to this, this is gold. So the difference is that you're talking about a product, right? A product Mm -hmm. or a service. You're talking about the one thing. Mm -hmm. And so when you're doing that, you're really just kind of, again, commoditizing it. Where you can really zag on this is creating some kind of some kind of an offer. And an offer is not just the PDF. An offer would be, and I'm being arbitrary with this, um, an offer can be just a half an hour strategy call with you, right? Or some the PDF, the download, some kind of an audio, some kind of a program so that you're adding different types of elements, different pieces of the pie that creates a holistic solution. So it's not just the one thing. It's not just the PDF. The PDF may be a conversation starter, but if you're selling that PDF, it should come, it should also include some other things. So by by including other things in there, by including other things in there, that's really what the difference is between an offer and just the one thing. So I think that when you're taking a look at your offerings, right, I would say, wow, if that PDF is that good, right, it's it's a, a $27 thing, I would almost give that away for free. Mm-hmm. Right. So then that, that in and of itself, you're kind of standing out. Mm-hmm. Then it's having that conversation with that um, customer because now that customer has given you permission to contact them, right? Because they're giving you their email, right? Yeah. Giving them something in exchange. Now they are a part of your world and this emails. And so here's where the whole nurturing happens. And this nurturing is an art and a science because nurturing should be all about them. But at the same time, it's, it's finesse because you want them to hear more about you so that they trust you. Mm-hmm. And trust, it's just going to be magic because then they're hearing a story about you and then they're trusting you. And then you're like, oh, here's another freebie. And then you have some kind of an offer. And that offer can be a teleseminar or a webcast or a masterclass. These are all the same things. And then, then you're selling that. And then when you sell that, there's always an offer on the back end. My whole point in saying this is that people have to stop thinking about just selling like a widget, one thing, and instead creating an offer. But the way that you create an offer is only as good as the process in which you're moving that customer through right? You have to, it's a lot of touch points. It's seven to 11 touch points on average. And they have to be expecting something like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I got that freebie. Oh my gosh, there's more. I got this too. And so you're just building trust and people are like, this is amazing, right? I could go and pay for this over here, but here I'm getting it for free. So Mm -hmm. that's where the value is, is far out, just like totally exceeding what it is that they're expecting. And that's how you zag as well. So it's, it's pretty um, involved, but the whole thing is, is that you definitely want to have a strategy for the long-term and understanding that there's a long-term play in nurturing your customers. Yes, that, that is gold. And I definitely agree with that. And um, I just saw an example of this actually, before we hopped on the call, I had seen pretty much the exact thing you were describing um, from a social media person who was marketing her course and it said, you know, you could get the course or you could get the course plus the consultation with her for a little bit more. So it's pretty much that same thing where you get to decide, you know, and then I personally was like, oh, well, maybe I would do the consultation because I would like to get to talk to her, you know, and that's where it kind of gets you thinking because you want that connection and you want to know, okay, well, 
you know, yes, this is the course, but then it's a little bit more specific to how can this really help me? Exactly. Mm. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. So um, talking then about social media, because it is like a big thing, especially as, you know, an online business owner, what do you feel about um, social media in terms of either Instagram or Facebook about automating it or keeping it more kind of real time? Because I know there's different ways that you can just automatically set posts up or, you know, do you think it needs to be more, okay, this just happened today. Let me share about it. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of social media accounts, I think first and foremost, the conversation has to be around where is your ideal customer hanging out, right? Mm -hmm. Because I get that too. I mean, clients will say to me, oh, should I be on Snapchat or this and that? Like it all goes back down to your ideal customer. Where are they hanging out? And then that's where you should be hanging out. So that's first. Then the whole process of really identifying a hybrid of both, you know, posting tools. So there's a good one called Social Cue. And you know, social queue, I think it's like $20 a month. And for you to pre-post things, you're creating a library of content so that that way you're repurposing posts. Okay. okay. So that's kind of cool, but you can't set it and forget it. It has to be a hybrid, meaning you have to organically post and then you can use social queue because okay. if you just set it and forget it, the Facebook algorithm, let's say, is just not going to give you the same amount of juice, if you will, as if you're organically posting, that right? So, so it has to be a combination. And the, more, the most important thing about this is just consistency. So being super consistent with it because that's more important than the tool that you're using or the post that you're using necessarily. It's just being consistent. Mm. And then what about like Instagram in terms of pictures? Because I've been noticing a trend of uh, more like professional-ish looking pictures rather than, you know, even probably a year and a half ago, it was more, hey, that you know, take a picture of me today, you know, like doing something and it wasn't as artsy or, um, as they kind of are right now. Do you think that matters? Yeah, well, I think this goes back to if you're posting, make sure that your branding's on there. So for example, if you have a picture, make sure that you are putting your URL or your handle on there, right? Mm -hmm. So that if they're sharing it, it's spreadable, but they know where it came from. Mm -hmm. So I think that's first and foremost. I think that uh, posting consistently, again, is really essential. I think the bigger opportunity is, is jumping on Instagram lives. So oh. fit, like Facebook lives, Instagram, that's where the money is because um, I think, and I can't remember where I read this, but it is a reputable source that said that literally by 2020, like more than 85% of the content that you're going to be seeing online is everything to do with people being on video, 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 video. So if you're not playing on video, it is extremely scary for some people. I get it. But the fact of the matter is that's where everything is going. And the people that are jumping on with that strategy now are the ones that are going to be way further ahead. Hmm. That is good to know. I've never done an Instagram live. I do Facebook lives um, usually weekly, but I've never, I've always been more scared to do Instagram lives, which is really <laughs> funny because I have more followers on Facebook than I do Instagram too. So oh, like, interesting. What? That is just, it's weird to me that that, and I do Instagram stories. So you'd think it'd be a natural transition, but I right. <laughs> it's weird how we hold ourselves back from stuff, isn't it? Yes. Oh like, my God. Oh. It's so silly. It's so funny. <laughs> Uh, I know I usually use Instagram, like there's more I have found for myself. It's been more like business connections, uh, more so than a ton of clients I have found. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, that's kind of what I use it as. And maybe that's my 
you know, hesitation, I guess, is because mm-hmm. a lot of these people own their own businesses. And so it's more the podcast connection necessarily than client connection. So that's probably why I prefer Facebook as well, just because different audience and, you know, I guess maybe they would like to hear me teach, but who knows? <laughs> well, and, and there's no way to know unless you test it. Yes. Ah. But I think the, the problem with that is that we have a preconceived notion and that thing that's holding us back is a thing that's going to move things for you if you just <laughs> jump into it. And I know you know that like in premise, but truly that is exactly the fact. So I mean, podcasting is an amazing way to build content, credibility from a social syndication standpoint. So play that up and intermingle you on lives. Cause I think that's going to be really, um, it's just, it's, everything is moving to that. So I would highly recommend. Uh, that'll be my, my weekly challenge is to hop on an Instagram live. That's what yes. I do. <laughs> I like it. So what about standing out from the crowd than in business? Because I feel like it is a little bit more crowded and there's a lot of voices out there. Like how can we kind of set ourselves apart from what everyone else is saying and doing? Well, here's the thing. Fact of the matter is, in whatever it is that we do, whether it's like, you know, business coach, like what what I'm doing, personal trainer, yoga teachers, et cetera, and like pretty much everything that we ever want to learn, you can probably go online, right? Mm-hmm. Go on Google. You can see, if you, you know, find something on YouTube or something on how to do it. So, so again, we're, we are really, it's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur, but at the same time, the barrier to entry is so low that it's just basically everybody's on there, right? Yeah. So the only way to stand out again is just to be consistent is really putting, putting your brand out there. And then the other side of it is again, going back to the Zag, like creating that, that process, the system, the proprietary model for what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. So for me, Again, I'm always talking about Zag and Automate. Zag and Automate scale, right? So that's very simplistically, that's how I help my clients. So I always encourage and everybody that, you know, is a client or people who, who are seeking the advice is how do you take what it is that you do, right? And create some kind of a proprietary model so that it's super special and then you make it sound like an art and a science. So it's compelling and it really stands out and people are like, wait a minute, that sounds really interesting. But fact is, it's probably the same as what other people are doing, maybe a little bit of a twist, but because you've put it in the format of an art and a science, that's how you're going to stand out. Mm. Yes, that is, that is really good. Um, and it kind of goes along then if you're a solo business owner, you know, about the branding then and kind of the same thing about setting yourself apart. Mm-hmm. Would you say that? Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as the branding goes, this is where you have your art and a science, you're standing out. That So it always goes back to what is your ideal customer? What are they looking for? Right. Okay. And once you have an intimate understanding of that moment of truth that I call that they're online or they're researching or they're looking for what it is that you do or the solution that you provide, it's super clear because if, if they land on your website or they're landing on your social media account, they can see and really have an understanding of how it is that you're showing up because you're consistent, you're cohesive, the message of what it is that you do is clear on, on whatever channel you're doing it. And so that's where I think is going to stand out as well. Yes. I, I love that. And I think that helps, um, you know, especially just because I was just having this conversation with a client today about um, training and I had said, 
you know, you really can find workouts online and just download them for free. And then she, you know, we had said, she's like, yeah, but I need the accountability. You know, it's you that I need. It's not, you know, I don't have the time to look. She's a mom of two young kids. She's like, I don't have time to look up a workout, find a program, and then let alone figure out how I'm supposed to incorporate this in my life. She's like, that's what I pay you for. And I was like, see, that's, that's what I have found pretty much across the board. I've actually had this conversation with clients all week. And, um, you know, that is what I find is that that's what we're solving. That's part of our solution is people don't want to have the time or don't want to make the time to do those little things. And that's kind of what we're coming in and saying, here, I'm going to help you lay out your roadmap. Here it is. Absolutely. And so here's where the opportunity lies. And if you know that that time, for example, is like, well, I don't have the time. I don't have the obstacle. I mean, typically that's the case, right? Or the Mm -hmm. things that are keeping them stuck. And so how do you create like a blueprint or a model and you call it something so it's proprietary and then you're taking them through this whole thing, not only is a perception that you have your stuff together, but even more importantly is that now again, it's so specialized in their their purview that they're going to be like, wow, I have to invest in this then, right? And so that it takes that whole price conversation the like, like totally not even a consideration I have found because you've created something very special. Mm, yes, that, that is really good. Um, and I know you have a ton of freebies on your website. So can you tell us about a couple of those freebies and where we can find them? Yeah. So, um, here, I would say that, and I go back to this, it's a little bit, well, like, I don't know, boring, but ideal customer <laughs> profile is so essential. And I'm always like, stop doing what you're doing. Do you do your ideal customer profile first? So I, I'm, you know, that's a good freebie. It just walks people through putting it into a spe- as specific as possible, like who they're marketing to, like really understanding the geographic, psychographic, demographic, how are they like feeling, hearing, et cetera. The reason why that's important is that then you could put a fictitious name to a face. And that's important because I'm telling you, it sounds absolutely insane, but you're going to start attracting that very person. Mm. And the other thing that's really powerful is that anytime you make a marketing decision, you kind of have in your mind like, okay, is this what my ideal customer, Jane, like, is this what she's looking for? Is this something that could help her? Is this something that would really like trigger her to then have a conversation or, and to me, the highest compliment that I have found is if I'm doing a speaking gig or something and somebody comes up to me and is like, oh my God, it's like you're in my head. (laughs) Well, it's because I know my ideal customer very, very, very well. So that's where you know you've hit it when people say that. Like, this is so good. I get it. I get what you were saying, or this is so timely for me. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I definitely agree with the ideal customer. And I know that's, I've changed mine throughout the, you know, the five past five years as well as I've kind of changed. And um, the last time I did one, I literally probably within the next two weeks, I got a client like to the T of what I described. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, and I I still work with her to this day. And it's just so amazing because I'm like, this is exactly who like I was just meant to work for. And like, it is so awesome when you kind of are that aligned. (laughs) It's so magical. It's like literally the universe is conspiring to completely provide you everything you're looking for because it totally happens. And that's why I think it's so powerful. So yeah, so there's that one. And then if you go to to brandautomatescale.com forward slash pulse check, Again, brandautomatescale.com forward slash post check. That one is a good one too, because it's really getting an understanding of, do you know how your brand is showing up? Mm-hmm. And really kind of that post check to say, okay, and it, and it kind of goes through three 
parts to it to see, are you showing up? Like, are people understanding what it is that you do? Um, and it incorporates like a survey and all this other stuff, which is really awesome. And it's just a good place to start. Like if you, if you think your branding is fragmented and again, it's not about the logo or the, this or the, that, or the web say it's not any of that it's more from a strategic standpoint like do you know how you're showing up so I think it's super central yeah I think that one is a tough one too because I think we sometimes are like is our message confusing you know and if you're confused by your message most likely the people out there are confused by it you know so having that little check of being like okay maybe I am a little bit one week I said I was talking about this and the next week I switched to this and it didn't really <laughs> go together so exactly definitely exactly. something I kind of a babble and I'm like okay how do I make a transition smoothly to more Ayurveda personal training and that's something that I feel like I've kind of fully came around to now and I've introduced it enough to my audience that, okay, like, this is what I love. This is what I'm doing. This is what I've seen people, you know, really change their health and their lives by using, but it does take a little bit of time to kind of really switch gears. It's almost like you're doing like a slow 180 degree turn to get people going in the right direction with you again. Yes. Yeah. So it's a great way to just really just highlight like, oh, here's where I'm falling short or here's an area that I have to pivot maybe or fix or etc. And it's just really helpful as a starting point. And then you're absolutely right. Like we're so in what we do in our business. I mean, I have a, I have a business coach. They need that because I'm so in my own thing. I'm like, does this make sense? You know, and I need somebody to say, uh, yeah, that sucks. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so having that transparency and so doing something like this, this, the, the pulse check, excuse me, is a great starting point. Yes. And then where can we find you online, Patty? Um, pretty much my name, P-A-T-T-Y. And then, you know, my last name.com smart marketing for coaches.com is probably the easiest because if you go to smart marketing for coaches, it's going to direct you to my, to the group that I have. And it's something I just started. And so if you're looking for free marketing, um, tips, advice, you know, I do jump on lives in there and I'm just so passionate about helping people like zag. So they stand out uniquely. And I'm always like, okay guys, how, how else can I serve? You know? And, uh, it's just a lot of fun and it's a small group right now. So I'd love to have a million people in there. <laughs> so smartmarketingforcoaches.com will point you, point you right to that Facebook group. Perfect. Yes. I'll have to hop in there. And yes, I really think Tara Romano introduced us and oh, I highly thank best. her because uh, you have been awesome to talk to. I've learned so much. Oh, great. I'm really happy. And I absolutely love Tara. She is, it's so funny when I first branched out and started um, coaching on my own, she's one of my first um, clients and I've just seen her thrive and there's so much more to what she does. Like oh, yes. her brand is a perfect example of, she just steps into things, you know what I mean? Oh, and yes. And I really think that that's what it takes. It's just like as scary as it is, if you have the calling to do it, then you got to do it. You know, why not? So it's been so cool. Yeah. To have her as a client. Yes. I love it. Um, now the last question I have, I like to give the you know audience a little weekly challenge. So what would you like that weekly challenge to be this week for all the listeners? Okay. For me, I always go back to this. This is something that I learned from an early mentor. And he said to me, the, to me, he said, I've understood that the secret to success is very simple. It's just be consistent because nobody is ever, ever consistent. And the people that are consistent are the consistent, excuse me, are the ones that win. Mm -hmm. 
So when you're consistent, you'll win and that's all it takes. And so that's why success is not sexy, right? It's just consistent outreach, consistently putting yourself out there, the message that it is you have. That's it. Just be consistent. Mm, that is brilliant. Um, and I totally agree with that because it is. It's those little steps day after day, getting up and doing the little things. Yep, it sure is. Ugh. Well, thank you so much, Patty, um, for your time and all your knowledge. Like, I literally am like, I cannot wait to go back and listen to this and take notes on everything that you're saying. Yeah, Andrea, thank you so much for having me. I love your show and just kind of the vibe and stuff. And so I hope that people hearing this, that to me, every time I do a podcast, I'm like, hey, somebody walks away with an aha moment that creates a just a shift or, you know, helps them create impact that it just rocks my world. So I'm super happy to do, yeah, to participate and be here. Thank you so much, Patty. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.